0: This is Porter Block. I'm a New York-based musician and I also am a huge music fan. This podcast explores music from every angle and I'll be talking to people who've made the business of music the focus of their life. Welcome to In a State. I was fortunate enough to ramble up the New York State Thruway and sit down at a local coffee joint and have a significant, in depth conversation with Jewel Shear about his life and his life's work. He's written some of the most memorable and beautiful songs of the last 35 years. simple hooky pop songs that became huge hits for Cyndi Lauper, The Bengals, Alison Moyer, Till Tuesday, and he's so deserving of massive middle-of-the-road success, instead carved out a deep and varied solo career over 25 years, rich with artistry and musical exploration. The great Jules Shear, who I am sitting in a diner with in Woodstock, New York. You yeah. like it up here, huh? I mean, this is... Yeah, uh, I
1: do. I do. And it's not that I really know very many people, you know. I, I don't really, I'm not very social, and so uh, I don't really, uh... Hey, man! What are you doing? Hey, this, is this, is, this is Pepe. Rarely does anyone get to meet Pepe. How did you know we were sitting there? Because I walked in this room. Oh, great.
0: We have a- Pittsburgh early, you went to L.A., let's say, in the late 70s, and you very quickly found some success. The Funky Kings and, of course, Jules and the po- Polar Bears. That was a few years, which didn't seem like a quick time
1: to me, but still, it was. How do you look back on it now? Positive, negative? I do not look back on it. If I did, I would probably think, I'd have to think about it and have to think, what was that, you know? But uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm really moving onward. I'm not really thinking about that stuff.
0: Any great memories about that period?
1: That was all East Coast to me. That wasn't wasn't L.A. That was all, I believe it was New York. Yeah, it must have been New York, yeah. So that's the first thing, was it wasn't L.A. A bunch of us decided we were going to move from L.A. because we were tired of L.A. And we didn't know where to move to. Somebody suggested Boston, and we thought, "Uh, uh, okay, well, maybe we'll try Boston. I don't know. So we moved to Boston. That wasn't really for me. Although I got to be friends with Elliot Easton there from The Cars, right. and we wrote, we co-wrote his whole solo record, that I remember from Boston. In the state.
0: I have him playing on your very first solo record that um, Todd, Todd produced. Run- yeah, Todd Running produced Watchdog.
1: Yeah. yeah, Todd's studio was not very far from here. Uh, Todd was positive in all ways except for producing the record. That was really sort of quick and get it out of the way. Let's get this over with. And uh, the whole record took two weeks including the mixes, I believe. That was pretty fast for back then. Back then, people were taking their time doing like six weeks or something like that. Especially if they didn't have a band. And I didn't have a band. So I was just playing with these guys. We just went for it and Todd went, great, that's great. Okay, okay, next song. And we went to the next song. And we just wailed through so them do you think
0: it might have suffered your, the performances? you could have done more with it
1: I don't know no no, no, I don't think so I think it's just Todd's way right? and I was working in Todd's way I asked for it so here it was I was getting it you there had was, to drink the Kool-Aid whether you wanted that's right. to or not that's right <laughs>
0: guy wanted to do an entire record of your songs it was it was right so uh, not some guy Ian Matthews which is um, he's uh, a great guy Uh, with Ian Matthews
1: when he wanted to do that record he came to me and said I got a bunch of your old demos I found some songs I want to do I said okay do you want to do any that's great do you want to do any any new songs or anything and he said I I don't think so I think I want to do these songs Uh, but if you want to play me some feel free I said okay So I got him some new songs, and uh, I played him some new songs, and he said, you know what? I think I want to do old songs. I said, well, okay, that's fine. I mean, I wasn't discouraged by it. I just thought, whatever he wants, whatever he's got in mind, that's fine. And I kind of made that... That sort of um, nilson sings Newman thing in my mind. I was thinking, well, that happens, you know, people do that. And if he wants to do it, he can do it any way he wants to, you know, if he wants to do old songs, that's fine. So I said, you know what, I have this a cappella thing. I would like to sing it for you and see if that would be of any interest to you. And he said, okay, so I did. And he went, yeah, I want to do that. I said, you want to do that? Song? Okay. At least you want to do one new one. That's good. So he wanted to do that with uh, with the harmonies and everything, and he could do that really good because he sings harmony really good. And um, so he we went off and he went off and did that, and that was the only new song on the whole album.
0: One of Jules' greatest achievements wasn't even a song that he wrote, but. Coming up with the original concept for MTV's Unplugged, which he hosted for its first season. The concept for the show was so strong. It's been applied and used successfully by Alanis Morissette, Nirvana, Eric Clapton, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots. You sort of conceived and came up with the first season of Unplugged, the whole idea of it, and you you hosted it.
1: Yeah, I thought I was thinking of some way to promote that album, the third party, some way to promote it. I, it was all acoustic guitar and vocal, and I thought, how am I going to ever do that? How am I going to? Well, I guess I always just won't promote it. And I thought... Hey, how about television? Wow, I'll I'll try that. You know, so I suggested it to some guy, and he said, "You know, my offices are right up near MTVs. I'll go ask them." I said, "Go ahead, do that." So he did, and he came back. He said, "Yeah, they said they said they want to do one. They'll do one and see how it goes." Suddenly, you're a showrunner. That's right. (laughs) So I thought, okay, let's do that. So we did. We did one show, and that was one. Squeeze was on now Or two guys Two Get Chris up here as well please Got Glenn Martin on the drums Do a little tribute to Neil Diamond
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time I kind of noticed you Was the unusual way you played the guitar You had a brother who had a guitar And you're a lefty and you turned it around, and you play an open tuning with your thumb, and it. it's an incredible thing to see and hear because it sounds so good. Is that why? Because it sounds good, or yeah. well, just, no? I love the way. I'm just a I, weird I freak. Actually, Is that it? I always like the way certain <laughs> guitar players hold the guitar yeah, and the I way see. that.
1: I, I had no idea what I was doing when I when I came up with this tuning. I came up with the tuning and went, "Okay, this will this will sound good. This will be fine. This will work. I can play songs with pretty much all major and minor chords. That's fine." At first, I could just play major chords, and then after like a few years of doing it, I figured out the
0: minor thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that was a big thing for me. Paradoxically, being a great songwriter, Jules made the decision to do a cover record of songs written by others. It was called "Saying Hello to the Folks." The cover of the Glenn Campbell, Brian Wilson, "I'm Done, I'm Done, Guess I'm Done" was um, "Saying Hello to the Folks." It was all covers. Uh, it didn't really work out The spirit <laughs> was great
1: <laughs> The spirit was fine I, I enjoyed the spirit I enjoyed doing it To me, personally A lot came out of it It felt very um, very good for me To be in the studio Doing somebody else's songs I really enjoyed it I, I, I wanted to see what that was like And there it was There, I did uh, 10 or 12 of them And uh, I just picked out uh, Some of my favorites at the time And And breaking up wasn't hard to do. But I couldn't stay away from
0: Never Again or Forever I have um, you had written with Rick Danko. Oh yeah. So that one, I mean that that's a song. It almost opens up like Samuel Barber's Adagio. I mean it it opens up with this gorgeous (laughs) string section. Yeah. And it goes, you know, it's one of those really beautiful songs. Um, You know, we're sitting here in Woodstock, so it's kind of interesting. We're down the road a bit. But you knew Rick. Uh, What was that like, writing a tune with him? Yeah, that was great because... There was another one on that record. You guys wrote two songs. Yeah, we wrote two songs on
1: that record. We wrote a few songs. Healing Bones, I I think he wrote those. Healing Bones himself, yes, that's right. Um, We were, I think, three or something like that. But that was, the band had gotten together in Woodstock and they were uh, they were trying to make something happen for their album. They were going to make an album for Columbia originally. Their problem was that Robbie Robertson wasn't in the group. So Robbie Robertson had written virtually, not all of them, but almost all of the band songs. So they had no one to write the songs. I volunteered to go over and, and talk to those guys and see if they wanted to write some songs. So Rick Chertoff, who was the guy who was had produced Cyndi Lauper's record and also was signing the band to Columbia, apparently. He arranged it so I could go over to the rehearsal place and see the band. So I went over there and um, hung out with them for a few days and we started writing some songs and they were really into writing songs, even if they couldn't really make them turn out like real songs or something. They had ideas for songs, they had portions of songs. Different guys would come up to me and say, "Hey, I got this thing. It goes like this, you know." Dun, 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 dun. Was your job
0: to finish it, or your job to kind of formally? Yeah,
1: that was that was really what I took my upon myself to do—to take their stuff and try to finish it up. And so I thought I'd try that.
0: Wait, did those songs get released on band records?
1: Yes, yeah, the song "Too Soon Gone" that was on the band album, and the, one of the other ones, "High Price of Love," I think it was called. That was like. A, and so I knew, I knew Rick from that, and then, and then after that was all done, uh, Rick came over to my place a few times, and we tried to write some songs. And we did write some songs, but then Rick just ignored them, and I thought, well, I got these songs, I'm going to try to do them. So I, I did a couple of them.
0: His latest release is called One More Crooked Dance. It's a pared down and retrospective set of songs from an experienced singer-songwriter.
1: When I wrote the songs, I had no idea what kind of album I was going to make. I didn't know. I was just writing songs. And then when I finished writing songs, I thought, okay, maybe I want to do this with just a guitar. Maybe I just want to do guitar vocal. Even though I'd done that before on third party, I thought, maybe that'd be fun. So I had a guitar player who was a friend of mine, and I had him come over to the studio, and we sat down and we tried one, and I said, okay, thanks a lot for coming. It's not going to work, you know? It's, it doesn't sound right to me, so thanks for coming. It's really cool. So that was that. So then I thought of Peppy as being a piano player who I'd never heard play before in my life, but I had a feeling about him. And so I asked him to come to the studio one day And he came to the studio one day And he started playing I had a, a chord chart for him I said, okay, you gotta play this chart and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sing in your ear I'll be singing in your ear uh, And uh, we'll hope it doesn't get on the tracks And we're gonna go He said, alright, I'll try that We started doing that and it sounded really good to me So I thought, okay, this is good Let's do another one So we did another one And we started doing them Every day until we had them all recorded, and uh, I thought that was fine. I thought that was fine. I thought piano vocal would be really interesting, but I thought I need Molly to sing on this stuff. Molly and Peppy had been a duo that had uh, sung like uh, show tunes and all kinds of stuff together. And I I'd sung on the road with Molly. Molly had gone on the road with me before as a, song, as a singer, strictly. I knew she could do this stuff. That was her. And then John Sebastian, who I saw one day at the health food store down the street there, and he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm actually doing a record, you know. You can come play on if you want to. And he said... What do you mean? I said, you know, I think it would be really good if you played on it. Why don't you come over? Can you come over today? He said, Nah, I can't. uh, When? He said, tomorrow? I said, yeah. Yeah, why don't you come over? Here's the address. Okay, I'll see you there tomorrow at 1 o'clock. He said, that's great. I said, okay. And he was saying, like, you know, I have all these weird guitars, and I have really fun stuff. I said, I'm sure it would be really fun. That's not what I want to do right now. If you would just play harmonica, that would be really perfect.
0: You just got back from doing this stuff live, or yeah. are, you, are you doing just this, or are you doing a kind of Jules Shear show?
1: You know, people don't want to come see my show; they want to see they want to see the hits too. So I gotta give them some. You know, I gotta I gotta think about what they want when I do a yeah, show. Yeah, of course. Uh, I do a few songs that everybody would know. Right. Who's give a fan them the of mine? Hits,
0: come on, that's right. And then also,
1: and then also, uh, songs from my record. That's right.
0: I want to thank Jules for letting me come out and visit him. Up in Woodstock, we had a great time. What a great artist. Hopefully, this has shed a little bit of light on all the great music that he's given to us. I want to thank you guys and gals for listening, and remember that you can listen to my music, Porter Block, on iTunes or Spotify or any streaming service that you prefer
1: my rain
0: no. remember if you're listening to this broadcast you're in a state oh, yeah.